You are listening to Agent Court Church's audio podcast. For more information on Agent Court Church, including service times, how to connect, and campus locations, please visit our website at onechurch.to. Do your feelings ever boss you around like that? Yeah? Uh, back in pastoral days in Edmonton, Alberta, my mom flew in from Vancouver to help us out with our two then preschool boys, energetic, almost three-year-old David, uh, after the end of a service just like this, just ripped himself away from his grandma's, my mom's hand, and went running right down the center aisle of the church. And, and, and my mom was saying, David, 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 David. And, and he just looked around behind her and yelled out, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> I hope that by the end of this teaching time, every person, whether you're with us online or here in this room in Toronto today, say that to your feelings. Matter of fact, let's practice it now. We're going to say, you're not the boss of me. Say it like you mean it. Say it, you're not the boss of me. I hope you say that with a lot more reason and conviction, you know, 35, 40 minutes from now in our teaching time. Now, because feelings play a humongous role in our lives today. We live a lot according to our moods. We saw earlier in this series, university uh, professor saying, you know, on campuses today, faith is dead, reason is dying, but how I feel, it's going strong. Uh, One social scientist observed today that people don't think they feel. You know, gone from, I, I, you know, I, I think, therefore, I am, to I feel, therefore, I am. The goal for so many people, just feel happy, feel good in life. That's my objective. Matter of fact, what's the first question that gets asked when we, when we greet one another? How are you feeling? Just a quick aside. If someone asks you how you're feeling, that's not a request for a full medical report. Okay, just saying. But it wasn't always that way. There's a previous generation that learned how to suppress their feelings, how to confine them. There are some cultures today that just, you know, you just hide your true feelings and uh, bury them, suppress them, sometimes even mock them. One of the ways that people bury their feelings today is that they don't get help when they're having emotional or mental issues. And we understand, we talk about this around here from time to time, how our brain is an organ of the body, just like our liver or heart is an organ of the body. Sometimes if uh, all we need to get our heart functioning in a healthy way is some chemical intervention. And sometimes it's like that with the brain. That's all it takes if that's where the, the root cause is. But there are, there are, there are some people that just sort of, just, you know, don't, don't uh, even talk about that. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I was thinking when they announced cross the line, uh, that's coming up to raise money for drinking water for people wells, for people in Bangladesh, how, you know, you can come, but it's not just those that can run and, and uh, you know, run marathons. It's for people that want to walk, too. You know, you do what you can. When it comes to these teachings that Pastor Jonathan and I are doing in this Choose the Mood series, you know, some of you, it's not a matter of running. You're, it's just all you can do just to walk. Just to, just to get there in a wheelchair. Do you know what I'm saying? And so we understand that, that uh, we are all different places when it comes to our emotional uh, department of our life. And we just respond from where we are. Now, I thought of how if we just review the ABCs of our choosing the mood, it's really 
a review of everything we've covered in the series so far. So let's do it. A stands for? Acknowledge, yeah. Acknowledge your feelings. You don't bury them, but you don't marry them. You don't get too attached to your feelings. Now, we began the series learning from the psalmist King David of the Bible, who said, you know, first thing he did, he acknowledged his feelings. I'm discouraged and I'm sad, right? He acknowledges them. But then he goes beyond that, okay? He begins to break them down. Why is this happening? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? And then he chooses God's response. I'll put my hope in God. I'll praise him again, my Savior and my God. There are a lot of contributing factors as to what kind of mood we are in. You know, how many would be in a different mood had the game gone a different way last night? would have affected our moods. I mean, come on, I've seen We the North flags on a lot of vehicles in the parking lot, I know. And, and so, some of you all have to do is say, Toronto Raptors, right away you're in a smile, right away. Uh, and yet if something different happens next Thursday, well, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just moods. If the circumstances are right, I'm having a good day. If someone says something positive to me, I'm having a good day. If they say something not so good, I'm not having a good day. And so, you know, Sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm blue. My disposition depends entirely upon you. You know, just, just letting people and circumstances determine how I feel. Uh, and, and, and we understand that we're not married to our emotions. Our emotions are not us. They're part of us. They're a very important part of us. But they are one part of us, and they need to be put in their rightful place. So, after acknowledging our emotions, what do we do next? A, B, C. What's B stand for? Break them down. Yeah, break them to determine what stays or goes. What goes? We saw in this series, destructive feelings sure go. And we saw how does racism, how does hatred, how does jealousy start? It all starts with something in my heart called contempt. And if I deal with contempt in my heart, all those other destructive things will go. And so they just got to go. Some things we heard from Pastor Jonathan last weekend, sometimes feeling bad is good for you. When? Guilt, conviction, and grief. We, we heard teaching on that last week. How can they be good for us? Well, they're good for us because if we did something wrong and we don't feel guilty about it, how many know we got a problem and so do other people in the way we treat them going forward? And so there, there are Feelings that are, are temporary. They stay with just long enough for Jesus to heal them. All right, let me just pick up on what Pastor Jonathan talked about last week and just remind us of it this way. What did Jesus say? Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You don't mourn, you don't get... Yeah. It's healthy. It's people that bury their feelings of grief and don't deal with them that get to a place where... They're unhealthy. It's those who mourn. Matter of fact, Pastor Jonathan was talking last weekend, and I, it, right away when he talked about, you know, carry grief and, and carry uh, guilt and carry conviction, but just long enough to, to, to bring them to Jesus. How many are grateful he forgives and he cleanses and he comforts? You bring them to Jesus. And I thought of the fellow that was a forklift operator in a warehouse and he was asked, what do you do for your job from day to day? He says, my job is to carry something just long enough to put it in its right place. That's exactly what you do with grief and conviction and, and uh, guilt. You carry them just long enough to bring them to the right place. How many know the right place? His name is 
Jesus. He cleanses. He comforts. He's, he guides us. And then, so some feelings, we, uh, we, we, when we break them down, we say, okay, that one I get rid of. That one I carry long enough to process it, uh, to get to a place of comfort or cleansing. And then there are other feelings that stay permanently. Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. You know, we, Pastor Jonathan taught us that you can have joy even when you don't have anything to be happy about. Because you have something that goes deeper than happiness, and that is a joy that long after what makes you unhappy is gone, you'll still have Jesus, and you'll still have joy. Right on? And so some just stay there. That's where we've been in the series so far, and we've got one more teaching to go after Anniversary Sunday. By the way, next weekend, Bruxy Cavey, former part of our church family, is going to be with us for Anniversary Sunday. And he's a pastor of a, a large multi-campus church in Canada um, and uh, grew up in this church as a teenager with Pastor Mulligan, and, and he is going to be uh, with us uh, next anniversary weekend. It's going to be a special time. Don't miss it. Uh, but I've been thinking about how we're getting close to coming into the end of this series. And what happens if we, if we just go back to the way we did emotions before? I mean, do you realize that what we're learning from the Bible here has the potential to change the way we do feelings and emotions and moods for the rest of our lives? Do you I remember when we did forgiveness series years ago, I still have people coming up to me and said, you know, that changed my life. Just began to do forgiveness, hold people accountable, realize it's not you know, what forgiveness really is. And, 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 and I've been able to have a clean heart. I've lived differently from that. This series on feelings and moods and emotions has the potential for you to, for the rest of your life, you know, do feelings better in a more healthy way. And so I've been praying all week, oh God, how can we help people take what we're learning and bring it out into the, all the other days of their life? Get it out past this room in Toronto and, and wherever people are listening online. How can we get it out there in a, in a lasting way? And then it hit me. We've talked about the ABCs. What are the next three letters? D-E-F. Come on, you know your alphabet. <laughs> My grandsons know that. <laughs> D-E-F. What's D stand for? Decide. Decide who's going to be boss. Your moods or love. What do you mean by that? Well, let's look at it. Let's look at the difference between having moods as your boss or love as your boss. All right? Let's look at it this way. We hear two common phrases in our culture where it's like we justify letting feelings be boss. Here's the first one. Ever heard this? I, 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 I'm just not feeling it. You ever hear that? Especially from a teenager. You know, I'm just not feeling it. <laughs> just not feeling it. It's like, it's like, and then it almost goes hand in hand with the concept that if I'm not feeling it and I go ahead and do it, I'm being a hypocrite because I'm not being true to my feelings. You know, I, and, and, and so, anytime someone talks to me that way, I say, well, you know, when my wife came home from giving birth to our first child, she was tired. And after, I forget how many hours of labor and almost losing the child, you know, I mean, she, you know, but you know what? Imagine if Esther just said, well, David, I've done a lot for you. <laughs> 
just to bring you into this world. And your dad's at work right now, and I'm just not feeling it. So there's the fridge. <laughs> you never say that to a teenager, but you say it when they're that age. You know, it's just, I'm just not feeling it. You want me to be true to my baby. You want me to be true to my feelings, don't you? I don't feel like getting up right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, there's a difference between moods and love. Love means you sacrifice to do what is best for that person. Moods say you're not feeling it. Now, there's another way of looking at, you know, at this, and that is, can you imagine Jesus Christ facing Calvary's cruel cross and saying, separation from my Father because all the sins of humanity are being paid for by me? Uh, that's not fair. I, I, and then I have to be physically uh, crucified, nails going through my hands and feet? I'm just not feeling it. Guys, put down the bread, put down the cup. I'm not feeling it. I have a question for you. Was Jesus hypocritical because he chose to not do what he wouldn't have felt like doing? Instead, he did what love does? Sacrifice? Was Jesus being a hypocrite? No, no, no. No, he was just not being ruled by his feelings. He was being ruled by love for you and for me. You know, even children can figure this out. I came across some responses. A classroom of children were asked, what is love? Rebecca, age eight. When my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands arthritis too. That's love. Chris, age six. Love is when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your French fries without making them give you any of theirs. <laughs> Sounds like a little boy I know. Anyway, Terry, age four. Love is what makes you smile even when you're tired. Right? So you're not feeling it, but you love. Love rules. All right, there's another expression we use in our culture to justify letting our feelings be boss. And that is this, and you can help me with it because we hear it all the time. If it feels good, do it. Feels good, do it. You know, I, every time I hear that, I, I know I told you this story years ago, but the, about the fellow that came up to an intersection where there was a red light, there's a car in front of him with a bumper sticker on it that says, if it feels good, do it. And so he just was waiting when he thought, you know, ah, why not? And he just let his vehicle roll a bit ahead and just went boom against the bumper just gently. And he enjoyed it, so he just let it go back, and then he went up, just bumped the bumper again. The guy gets out of the car, he says, what are you doing? And the guy said, hey, it feels good. <laughs> See, feelings are not good bosses. They get us doing things that might feel good for us, but it's not what's best for other people. Love is a good boss. And there's, the good news of the Bible is that we don't have to be bossed around by our feelings. Listen, I found five statements the Apostle Paul tells Christians that they can do because they have Jesus in their life. And he says, you know, because Jesus is in your life, you can know what the future is going to like, look like. And so in the present, he says, in everything, give. Not for everything, but be thankful. In everything, give thanks. You don't bossed around by your feelings. You, no matter what you have to be unhappy about, you have lots to be grateful for. And then he says, rejoice in the Lord. How often? 
always. He says, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength because it's something deeper than this superficial happiness level that's happening in me. Take into captivity every thought. Show them who's boss. And then he says, number four, the love of Christ compels us. I am love. We sang so much about the love of Jesus and the love of God this morning, didn't we? We have received that, and so we echo it out to others. The love of Christ compels us. My feelings are not my boss. Love is my boss. And then one that we'll come to unpack in a few moments. Listen to this. Set your feelings. Set your affections. Set your minds. You set them. You don't let your feelings set you. In other words, when you don't feel like it, faith like it. Because, watch this, you have more faith in what God says about that area that you're struggling with. You have more faith in what God says than you do in your feelings. Feelings, are, feelings will lie to us, and they're unreliable, and they'll, they'll just make us miss a wonderful opportunity. And so, I love the way C.S. Lewis says this. He says, do not waste your time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets... When you are behaving as if you love someone, you will presently come to love him. I don't know how many, many breakthroughs I have had in my own journey with Jesus simply because I did something I didn't feel like doing. I didn't want to do it. But Jesus said, this is good for you. This is the best way to do this. This is best practices for you in your life. When it comes to treatment of people or attitudes in my heart, and I didn't feel like doing it, but I just went ahead and did it. Do you know what I did? I, I, I moved to a whole new place of spiritual maturity in my life. Aren't I mature? No, anyway, I just moved to a whole new place. You know, I, I don't know how many people that I've heard from that have been water baptized, that have, their story has been something like this. I didn't feel like doing it, but I realized how meaningful it is, what it's symbolic of, and it's like going public about following. And I just didn't feel like it, but I just did it. And when I did it, it's just like I pleased God. And I could feel a sense of rightness about what I did. I moved to a new place spiritually. Uh, I remember a girl. Uh, she was in the grips of a relationship that wasn't healthy, and uh, it, it was not. And I remember praying with her, and I'm so proud of her. She got a hold of her feelings and turned away from that unhealthy relationship. And I wrote down her words. Her words, not mine. She says, I felt saved all over again. When she just took that step of just doing not what she felt like, but just saying, feelings, you're not the boss of me. Jesus, love is the boss of me. I remember a university professor I pastored. Uh, tithing was new to him. Tithing is taking, like people did online and uh, a few minutes ago in this room, taking a, a portion of your income and, and uh, investing that in the, in the kingdom of God to help other people. And, uh, and, and he, he wrote this, and I, he, he wrote this to me, and I, I, I kept it. He said, tithing is a new discipline for me. I decided to start. He said, Pastor, every time I place something in the offering plate, I feel an incredible sense of joy. You know, a few weeks ago, Esther and I got a call from Edmonton, Alberta, telling us that one of the elders that had worked with us in our church in Edmonton had just gone to be with the Lord. He had just called us last Christmas. And in the conversation, he said, you know, those days when you were a pastor, I just want to thank you for what the Lord did in my life during those days. I knew exactly what he was talking about. There was a day when that man, Earl Howitt, when he was, came to me in my office, he was so 
controlled by feelings of guilt. They were bossing him around. Affecting, if someone would ask him to do something in the church that he was quite gifted and capable of doing, he just said, no, he didn't feel good enough. He'd just get down on himself. Now, that day in my office, I said, you've got a decision to make. Are you going to believe what Jesus says about this? Are you going to believe what your feelings of guilt say about this? Did Jesus die on the cross for this or not? You've done your best to make things right with everyone involved. Now you need to get on with the rest of your life. You need to say, feelings, you're not the boss of me. Jesus, grace and love and truth, they're the boss of me. And you know what happened? That man and his wife became, Esther will know exactly who I'm talking about, especially since I said their name, but Earl Howitt and Evelyn became the spiritual mom and dad to I don't know how many new, dozens of new Christians in Edmonton. Can you imagine if his feelings of guilt kept being boss? What about you? Are your feelings of guilt or whatever you're not bringing them to Jesus. They're sort of holding you hostage from being the blessing that you could be to so many people. Listen, you need to decide who is boss, your moods or the love of Jesus. How many say the love of Jesus will be my boss? Amen? All right, secondly, establish. What else do I do? I establish. D was to decide. E is establish mission statements for your feelings. Now, this does not happen overnight, but this is powerful. I've been working on this for the last number of years. I told you in this series, and I introduced a little bit of it, I'm going to give you the whole prayer here because I think it's going to help. I've already heard from people that were with us last night how helpful this was. They, they wanted copies of it. And, and, and if you want to, just write these things down. But if you will take what Jesus said, remember Jesus was put on the spot and he said, what's the most important thing that we could ever do in our life? And Jesus responded immediately. He said, no problem answering that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Most important thing that you have. So I've been, I've been practicing, trying to practice that and breaking that down for years in my life now. And I, I want to share it more fully with you because this is really a mission statement. It's saying heart, soul, mind, and strength, all of you, we're going in the same direction together. We're on the same mission of living for Jesus together. Now, we've seen earlier in this series that to say, I love you with all my heart, the heart is the center of our emotions, our feelings. And so when I love the Lord with all my heart, I'm setting my feelings and I've learned the best way to do that is to say, Lord, I set my feelings by being grateful for so much good today. How many of that just, that just sort of centers you? It just sort of raises you up from where you are to where the place that you can be. And then, I love you with all my heart, with all my soul. You know what that means? The soul is the part of us that lives forever. So look at this. I love you with all my soul means I choose to live today like it matters forever because it does. Now that just gets you into a different perspective, a different frame of mind when you go into it today and say, Lord, I want today to matter forever. I want to live this day so that matters forever. I love you with all my heart, my soul, my mind, my mind. That means I sacrifice to bring the best out of every person I encounter today. Watch this. Remember Paul says, it's possible to take into captivity every 
thought, every thought. Make it obedient to Jesus Christ. The best thoughts that you'll ever have are what Jesus wants you to think about life and about others. So I sacrifice. That's what love is, sacrificing. I sacrifice to bring the best out of every person. I, how many know you're going to have a different day if every person you encounter, you say, I, my, Jesus, help me bring the very best out of this person. And then my strength. How do you love God with all your strength? It means you invest your energy in words and actions that help other people. Jesus, help me today to invest in words and actions that glorify you and help people. You know, when you do, it's just a matter of saying, I'm on a mission to live for Jesus. Feelings, get on board. You're coming with me. You're part of this package. And you come with me. It's just absolutely powerful. Now, I was praying this just as I was getting ready for this teaching. And uh, it was early in the morning, and I knew Pastor Jonathan's early riser, and I, I noticed as I was in my prayer time that uh, a text came in. It said, it says, Jonathan Smith, are you available to text back? You know, there's very few people that I'll respond to when I'm in my prayer time. Esther really respects my prayer time, so if she comes into my study, I know it's something significant. I've got four little boys that can just basically, come on, we, uh, let's talk to God together. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, they, they can. And another one's Pastor Jonathan. I'm here to lift his load and to help him. And so right away, are you available to text back? I just said, for sure. Pastor Jonathan Smith, text-wise, said, I'm in a meeting right now. Can you help me out on something very important right away? And I just said, for sure. And then it didn't sound like him in the next one. Can you help me get a Google Play gift card from the store right now? I will surely reimburse you once I'm done my meeting. So then I thought, you know, I have a gift of discernment. If something's very obvious, I'll catch on. So I just said, I just thought, I'm going to play along with this guy. You know, if I keep him busy, or her, whoever it is, from whatever country they're doing this from, wherever they are, in Canada, wherever... I'm just going to keep them busy because then they won't be bothering somebody else. And so I just said, okay. And then he said, thanks, Keith. The amount I want is $100 in these kind of cards. I'll reimbursing, reimbursing you. I need physical cards. Scratch it off. Send me pictures and all that, you know. And then he says, God bless you more, Keith. You know, I thought, blasphemy. That's stupid. Well, I didn't use that word. Anyway, I, then, then, then he just says, Keith, thank you so much. I'll be waiting for the pics of the cards here. God bless you more. More blasphemy. You know, and so I just thought, I just, and I just got busy. To be honest with you, I just forgot all about it. And then he, a little while later, he says, you there? Have been waiting for the cards. What's wrong? And so I, I just finished my study. And before I came into the church, I, I just, uh, I wanted to just sort of let him know. You, you, what are you doing with your life with it? And then I, but I've been praying, right? My feelings aren't boss. I know what I wanted to say to him. Jesus, what do you want to say to him? So I just thought about it. I said, normally at this point, I'd say something strongly corrective to you about what you were doing with your life here. <laughs> but maybe I'd be doing something like you are if I had not heard about uh, Jesus Christ. I've done things in my life that I regret and need forgiveness. And then I heard about Jesus and Right now, I'm praying for you that uh, somehow, some way, you'll, you'll experience Jesus Christ in your, in your own life. So someone on the way out of the first service just asked me, did they write you back? And I, I, no, they haven't. But how many know that sometimes it's just one of those things you can say. My job is to represent Jesus, right? 
It's amazing, a seed that can be planted someday can come back to someone and they realize, hey, maybe, maybe I need to check out Jesus. Right on? And so our job is to establish a mission statement for our, our, our feelings that just helps them get, in, get on board with where we're going in our mission of living for Jesus. Now, watch this. When you do this, it will declutter your life. It will remove stress from your life. And it will bring you into a place where you are very fulfilled in your life. Watch this. Let me illustrate, and then I'm going to give examples. Let's say I decide I am going to visit my mom and my sisters in Vancouver. Now, as soon as I decide I'm going to Vancouver, I don't have to stress out, am I going to go to Winnipeg? Am I going to go to Edmonton? Am I going to go to Halifax? No, I've already decided. I'm going to. My job is to get tickets from YYZ to YVR. That's my job. And my sister picks me up at the airport. She's not going to say, Keith, it's, a, it's so great to see you. What a great thing you did coming here and not somewhere else. No, because, watch this. I decided to go to Vancouver, and that automatically took care of not going anywhere else. It's like that when you have a mission state for your, for your, for your feelings. You know, you're, you're on board with the rest of where I'm going with my life here. You know, I don't have to decide every day, am I, do I feel like praying today? No, I don't have to go through that. I can pray because God is there and, and he wants a conversation with me that is going to change the way I grow in him and live for him that day. So, so I pray whether I feel like it or not. My feelings are not my boss. Uh, what about going to church? You know, do I get up? or Sunday morning and, and say, well, I don't feel like going to church. Say, no, I can't because I'm a teaching pastor. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, but I, I don't get up. I go to church. I don't have to stress out making that decision every week. The decision's already made. I, I'm at a place where I want to be there to help God's people. And, and that's why you come to church. How many have ever found this, by the way, when you feel like going to church the least is when you need to go the most? And you get there, and there's just something sung or said that just gets your life going in the right direction again. What about marriage? What if I went home and said to Esther, Esther, I don't feel married today. <laughs> Do I act like it? <laughs> like I'm not married? <laughs> there's days you don't feel certain things. By the way, someone asked me, they said, you've been married over 40 years? You must have got married when you were 10. <laughs> What's the secret? What's the secret of a lasting marriage? And I, I will tell them that the, the secret is this, to keep falling in love again and again, but always with the same person. Well, last night, there was a whole group over here that said, ah, together. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> but my, my feelings are not my boss, so I'm moving on here. All right, the definition of choosing your mood. Decide who's going to be boss, moods or love. E establish mission statements for your feelings, and then F, fasten down feelings in their optimal place. What's the best place for these feelings to go? The optimal place for them. Now, here's where that verse comes in that we referred to. We're going to unpack one word of it, and that is the word set. Set your feelings. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Have you ever glued something together and then went to use it before the glue had. Yeah. 
It, it just it makes a mess and, and it's not useful. See, this is what I'm concerned about, that, that we'll learn these things in this series from Pastor Jonathan and myself about what the Bible says about doing feelings and moods and emotions, and, and, and we just won't hold them in place long enough for them to, to set. Have you ever broken a bone or someone in your family that broke a bone? What's the first thing that you do? You take the broken parts and you put them together in their optimal place, right? In their right place. You put them where they belong, but then what do you do? You wear something like this, or something like this. Why? Because you not only want to put them into place, you want them to be fastened down in place until they set, until they heal, until they restored. I love this verse. Listen to the psalmist David in the Bible. He says, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. Now, we talked about the love of God. Here is when we love God, okay? This is God making a promise to someone who loves him. God says, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. That is what we're going to do at Cathedral tonight. I'm excited about the potential. There's a resource that we have in God, and there's three times during tonight, there's going to be amazing music and songs, a sense of the presence of the Lord as we make room for it, but there's going to be three opportunities you'll have tonight to do that, just to hold fast to the Lord. There's a whole resource that's there of God's power that sometimes, you know, we say, God, why are you waiting to do something? Because sometimes he's waiting for us to do something. We're going to be there tonight in cathedral. Don't miss a, a wonderful spiritual, uh, a powerful spiritual experience as we come together this evening. Now, the purpose of this series is not for you to learn something in this room or online and then just, you know, how many know Nike got it right? Just do it. There, there's something that we need to do, not just be hearers of the word, but doers of it. There, there is something there. And for some of us, all that's going to mean is that you just, in your prayer time, to say, God, I'm going to bring my feelings on a mission statement every day. I love you with all my feelings, so I'm going to be grateful for so much good today. And you're just going to go through that, and it's just going to be day after day of practicing that. And you know what? Over time, it's going to set in place. Your feelings are going to be different for the rest of your life. That's exciting. But for some of us, and sometimes for all of us, there are seasons where, where feelings just, because of what someone says or something that happens or a tragedy or a loss in life, or because of that biochemical thing, or just because we get down, dooby-doo-doo down. There's times where feelings just rise up to try to take a place that is not rightfully theirs. They try to be boss of the, all the other areas of your life, your energy, you know, your soul, your relationships with other people, they try to be boss of stuff they have no business being boss of. And, 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 and there are days when feelings will try to fasten you down in a not-so-optimal place, in a, in a bad place, when they'll try and hold you there and set you there. They will try and lock you into a lie about yourself that because you made that mistake and oh, you're just down on and you, 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 it's not a matter of just handling it temporarily you, until you have, have a cleansing of it. You're just hanging on, you're fastening down and you're living your life as if Jesus cannot forgive, cannot cleanse and cannot free you into a, a future where you can help others. 
There's so many times in our lives where, where we can hear something and then just go away. And, and this relentless, constant replay in our minds is what someone said. And we just keep beating ourselves up with it. And do you know what happens too? And I hate those vulturistic lying voices from the one Jesus says comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And, 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 and he comes, and it's like he's a vulture because we're already feeling down, and he just, he just piles on. And he tries to be the boss of our feelings. And he just gets us down on ourselves. And, and he tries to kill our faith and, and steal our relationships with others and destroy the potential that we could have for the future. And he just tries to do that. You know, and I just want to say, if that's you online or here in this room in Toronto, there, there are times, as much as you have strength spiritually to muster up today, just, just turn, even if it's just a whisper. Whatever those lying voices are saying, just say to them, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> and you know what? As soon as you say that, there'll be strength to say it louder and stronger and with more faith. You're not the boss of me. Yeah, I set my feelings. You don't set my feelings. My life is not energized by wrong, lying feelings. My life is energized by the love of Jesus Christ for me. So I set my feelings. I take into captivity every thought. And nothing, no person and what they say, no circumstance, however tragic I go through, nothing in heaven and earth will be able to separate me from the love of God that is mine in Christ Jesus. And that includes any feeling I have. Oh, Jesus you're the Lord of every part of me, including my feelings. You know, And so for every one of us, we, we can say, Feelings, you're not the boss of me. Can you say that with more conviction now? Feelings, you're not the boss of me. And every day we can get up and love the Lord with all of our hearts. Listen to how powerful gratitude is. I found an article that's called, I get to choose what kind of day I will have, and I smitherized it. All right, here it is. It's my job to choose what kind of day I am going to have. Today I can react angrily to the alarm going off, or I can be thankful I woke up. Today I can complain because the weather is rainy, or I can be thankful that the grass is getting watered for free. Today I can lament over all that my parents did not give me when I was growing up, or I can be thankful they allowed me to be born. Today I can whine because I have to go to work or school, or I can be happy that I have a job or studies to go to. Today I can mourn my lack of a friend, or I can look forward to being friendly. Today, I can feel sad about the heating or air conditioning bill, or I can be thankful that I have a furnace or air conditioner. Today, I can be annoyed by the person singing off-key in church. Was that you? And it, or be thankful that I can hear. Today, I can complain because of the piles of laundry, or that it is my turn to clean the kitchen, or I can be thankful that I obviously have loved ones nearby. Today, I can grumble about my health, or I can rejoice that I'm alive. Today stretches ahead of me, waiting to be shaped, and here I am, the sculptor who gets to do the shaping. What I do today is up to me. I get to choose what kind of day I'm going to have. And because I love the Lord my God with all my heart, I set my feelings by being grateful for so much good today. How many know you, you, you say that? You have that attitude, and you're in for a good day. So we go beyond the ABCs. Yeah, we acknowledge... We have feelings. We don't bury them, but we don't marry them. We break them down. We, says what, we say what should stay, what should go. And then we choose God's response. We decide 
Moods are not going to be my boss. Love. Love. The love of Christ given to me that I can echo out to others. That's going to be my boss. And I establish feelings that join me in the mission for my life to live for Jesus. And I stay with that. I fasten down those feelings. I set them up for success by keeping them in their optimal place. And how many know, long after this Choosing Your Mood series is over, I'll still be doing feelings the very best way possible. I'll be doing them for Jesus. Right on? How many want to do that? Let's pray about it. Let's pray. Lord, we can't do this on our own. We need your help. And thank you that you partner with us. You help us. Your love, your joy, your peace, they're beyond understanding. They're supernatural. But Lord, we set our feelings on you and on your joy, your love, and your peace. And Lord, wherever we're at in this journey with you and with our emotions and our moods and feelings, help us just to take the next step of just doing not what we feel like doing, but just trusting you to know more about feelings than we do and saying yes to you, Lord. And Lord, when our mind says that we're not good enough, help us to say that Jesus is good enough for me. Make sure you don't miss a message by subscribing to this podcast. All creative content and production for this podcast is provided by the One Church Creative Team.